Welcome to the Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. Also, BitChute and YouTube, you'll find the links in the podcast description. I'm also a podcasting coach because I got four other podcasts. You'll find everything on bio.link forward slash podcaster. Today, my guest from Canada, please welcome Nikki Baloo. Did I do the surname justice? You did it justice, brother. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, and looking forward to because I, I always enjoy talking to fellow podcasters. So I suppose let's touch on because you've got not only have you got like two shows, but you've been doing it since 2016, I believe, and you've like over 450 or something like that episodes. You've a lot done. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're getting up there, brother. I think we're up to almost 400 in the one show and uh, close to 60 in the other. So it's good. I suppose let's start off. You might let the listeners know who's Nikki. Well, thanks for asking the question. I really appreciate it. You know, the first thing that I think your listener ought to know about me that uh, informs who I am and uh, what I do and why, why people should care is the fact that I'm an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And back in the late 70s, there was a revolution in Iran. It was an Islamic revolution. And um, a theocratic government took over from a, basically a secular government. And my late father, God rest his soul, could see that as a Christian, this wasn't going to be the greatest place in the world to raise his family. So dad moved us all out of Iran, and we eventually settled into Canada, into Toronto. And God rest his soul, man. My dad was pre-signed. He was brilliant. And he got us out of there. And you know what? I'm very, very grateful to get to live in freedom. And one of the things that I want to say to all your listeners here, I know it's fashionable these days in a lot of circles to say that the West is bad, it's oppressive, it's racist, it's sexist. That's all a load of baloney and bullshit, okay? This is the most tolerant place on earth. We are all lucky that we get to live in the West and enjoy its great benefits. The freedoms that the West offers are what allow us to live the kind of life that we want to live. And frankly, freedom informs everything that I do. I believe in freedom. I believe in free expression. I believe in free enterprise. And if people listening to this show are entrepreneurs or entrepreneurial, without freedom, none of that would be possible. Okay. And so I thank God for my father and him bringing the family to the West. The second thing I want to say about me and my background is that my father, my late father, he was an entrepreneur, right? And he created success for himself, for his family, but he also created success for people around him. He uplifted everybody around him. He sought to provide people with opportunities to enter business for themselves. He sought to provide people with job opportunities, and he did that. And he was also very generous. He would give people houses, apartments, and cars. And then Ray, you're listening to this going, did I hear him right? Did he say he gave people houses, apartments, and cars? Yes, you heard me right. And you might be going, who does that? Well, my father did that. And why would he do that? Well, well, he would do that because he was a Christian and he believed that to a man that the Lord had blessed so much, he had a responsibility to bless other people with the blessings that he had. But he also did it because he could. He had the wherewithal to be able to give generously to other people because he was successful. And me, I looked up to my dad. He's the greatest man I ever knew. And I wanted to be an entrepreneur just like my father. So I became an entrepreneur. And what I realized in becoming an entrepreneur is there was a lot of good people out there who were entrepreneurs who were not achieving the success that they wanted to achieve, right? 
And these folks, you know, they're good people, but they were nervous about a few things. So number one is they were nervous that they didn't want to come across like pushy, like salesy, like they reeked of commission breath. You know what I'm saying, right? And so these folks, they don't go after opportunities and business uh, opportunities the way that they ought to. They wouldn't go after the sale in some cases. And what was bad about this is they missed out on the sale. So their business suffered. That client, the potential client missed out on them helping them out because, you know, what is business? It's about solving acute problems. So these people didn't get their acute problems solved. And then there'd be these charlatan marketer types who'd come and they would have no such compunctions and they would sell these clients and they wouldn't deliver. So, you know what I mean? The, the client would suffer doubly that way. The sum total of goodness in the world would drop. So me, I became really curious about why this was. And I realized that these good people just, just didn't want to be seen in a certain light. And so what I got really excited about was helping them reframe selling to serving. Nobody wants to be sold, right? But everybody wants to be served by caring advocate. So, you know, we help people over time reframe their thinking around that. And the other thing I realized is a lot of entrepreneurs, they just sound the same, man. They, there's nothing to differentiate them from other people. They don't have a really dialed in message. They can, you know, do everything. So in, in some spaces, they go, okay, you, you have a relationship problem. I can help you with that. You have a business problem. I can help you with that too. You need to lose weight. I can help you with that too. They're trying to be all things to all people. And you know what? We help people really get focused, narrow things down, have a dialed in message, and we help them position themselves as thought leaders. So they're seen as the go-to authority in their space. And this way, we've been fortunate to help quite a few people be able to position themselves in such a way that they're able to increase their income, you know, fivefold, tenfold, twentyfold, even a hundredfold in some cases. So they got to live the life that they deserve to live. And they didn't have to be these folks, these amazing, wonderful people frustrated because they didn't get to live the life that they really wanted to live for themselves. And they were living those lives of quiet desperation, as a great American essayist, Henry David Thoreau would say. Excellent. And like when you fine tune it and get into it's like, you know, the previous version is like a jack of all trades and master of none, because there is plenty of people out there trying to do that. And I find that, you know, when you get laser focused, you know what you're looking for. And that's, that's when the results start kicking in. Exactly. Exactly. So. And I, I uh, with, with uh, Iran, actually, because I've got uh, some other friends from Iran, and I saw pictures in the 70s of Iran, and it looked like a European country. And just sure. what they've done. I mean, I know that it was infiltrated and they made change, but you know, you were you were very lucky that your father actually could, uh, you know, had the vision to actually see what was going to go, what was going to happen. I've been blessed by God, brother, ever since I was born, you know, and my father, uh, he was just an incredible man. And, and I think it's important. Everybody needs somebody who loves them and believes in them in the same way. And for us, instead of what we do, we're all about loving and believing in the people that we work with, because if you're not loving on people, man, you know, why are you in business? You know, one of my mentors is a man named Mark Von Muser. Uh, I recently interviewed him on my show for the eighth time. Okay. He's been the, the, the most repeat guest on my show. He used to be, you know, um, Anthony Robbins is director of coaching and training. This man is just incredible. He's, he's done incredible things. He's helped thousands of entrepreneurs add, you know, a billion dollars plus in revenue to their business. But here's what he says. He says, business is a people game. It's not a numbers game. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's the truth. 
That's what we all got to look at. The person sitting in front of us, someone's father, someone's mother, someone's husband, someone's wife, someone's son, someone's daughter. They got hopes, dreams, and fears just like we do. And our job is to, is to bring our love to them, bring our desire to be of service to them. And I think that's so important. That was the example of my father. That was the example of my mentor, Mark. And that's, that's the way I, I, I teach people. I say, listen, you bring your heart and your love to people, you're going to get to do business with them. And that's what it's all about, right? Business should be about heart, love, caring. No, absolutely. And you know, I've been blessed as well with my mother that she's just such a good person, constantly helping people. And like, I, I'm a firm believer in this, what you give out comes back. And the more you help, the more you do to society, it just comes back in multiples. And, you know, I, I just believe that's how the universe works. That is how the universe works, my friend. One thousand percent. No, right. Take it to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I I know with the so we just touch on the podcasting because I I know you know you've had some amazing guests as well. But I'm just curious because I like you know I've I've got the five podcasts and you know I've had like Mickey Willis David like I've had a lot of but they weren't the top down the the best that I've had was actually a 16 year old beatboxer and sometimes people think. By having, I mean, it's always brilliant and it's a good fan for me. I'm learning by having, you know, these fantastic conversations with all these different guests. But it's like a lot of people actually think by getting certain guests that they'll get a million downloads or whatever. And that's not how it is. And it just no, same, same. No. Yeah. Listen, the who, who your guest is has never been um, super relevant to downloads. Now, some guests have big platforms and what they do is they share you know, the, your appearance on the show on those platforms. So for example, I had Scott Adams, the, um, the fellow who created the Dilbert cartoons, right? Who's become, uh, you, you know, a bit of a, uh, a political pundit in, since the election of Donald Trump. And he's got a huge following. So when I first interviewed him, he put our interview out to all of his followers and said, hey, I was on this show. This guy's a really good interviewer, check it out. So we had a spike in the number of folks listening to the show as a result of him doing that. And that's happened with a few other folks. But honestly, that's not what gets you uh, listeners. That's not what gets you downloads. I don't know. I think what gets you downloads is, you know, doing a good job, uh, having relevant conversations and making sure that what you're doing is valuable to the audience. If you're valuable and useful to your audience, they'll keep coming and they'll tell people. And that's the, I'm a firm believer of that it's 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 a case of it's I mean it's obviously beautiful when because we've had that as well they've shared it on their platforms and it, you do get a spike but it's it's down to the individual that really appreciates it and comes back and and sends it to two or three of our friends and that's how it just yeah. it just keeps growing from from that like so so I I believe you is it seven or eight but eight books that you've written yeah yeah uh, yeah eight that I've published I've actually got a couple more that are written and one that's being written that I haven't published yet. So we've got a couple more coming out, I think soon. I and love are writing. They, are they business? Kind of are things. they, are, are they various topics or are they business related? They're primarily business related, but there are some various. So my first book was a business book, mindset book called finish line thinking how to think and win like a champion. Right. Um, uh, let me see if I got a copy of it here. Here we go. Kind of looks like this. That was the first book. Nice cover. Thank you. And then 
I wrote a children's book and I got that here too. Uh, I wrote it when my kids were young. It's called Kathy Capitalist and Johnny Jobmaker. It's about teaching kids about, you know, capitalism, free market principles. You know, it's really, really cool book for parents who believe in uh, teaching their kids the right things. Uh, and I think more than ever, you know, books like, like mine are important for um, parents to show their kids, especially in this age of wokeism, when there's so many woke types trying to indoctrinate your kids, you may as well indoctrinate your kids yourself, right? Um, and uh, then I wrote a book uh, called uh, The Thought Leader's Journey, uh, which is basically a fable of life. Um, and uh, I wrote another book called The Power of Connecting, How to Activate Profitable Relationships by Serving Your Network. And I wrote my latest book is called uh, How to Create a Million Dollar a Year Income, The Prices Guide for Insurance Agents, Sales Professionals, and Anyone with a Big Dream. And then I've written a political book as well. And I've got another version, an earlier version of my finished line thinking book that I've got as well. So I've got a, um, a novel, a, a political thriller that I've written. Actually, that, that I'm pretty excited about. I got I to gotta get a couple of people to have a look-see at it because I think it's, uh, it's, a, it's a book with some really great potential. Um, I've got another political book that I'm writing. And uh, um, I've got a, uh, an inspirational book uh, in mind. Um, that I want to write with somebody and I've got another book uh, that I'm looking to write possibly with, a, with another client of mine, you know, about what he does. So those are kinds of the things that I do. I love to write. Writing's fun. Writing's great. Um, I'm, I'm blessed by God with the gift of being able to communicate well in writing and speaking. And I think it's been very good for my brand as well. And if your listeners are listening to this, you know, um, there are four ways in which I teach my clients to, um, basically use as strategies to help grow their thought leader brand right so uh, first and foremost you gotta you gotta have a really dialed in message you gotta be positioned so you stand out so if you haven't got that none of these strategies are going to work too too well for you but if you do have that the first strategy you got to use is you, you got to go out there into your warm market and and speak to people that already know you right and see if they could use your help and ask them if they're dealing with the problem that you're dealing with. So for example, in our case, we help people grow their incomes, right? And by positioning them as thought leaders. So I call people in my market to say, how's it going with your business this year? Are you where you wanna be? Or are you looking to get to the next level? We should talk about working together again. Uh, so that's number one. If, they, if, they, if the answer to the question is that, no, I'm not where I wanna be. Uh, number two uh, you know, is ask for referrals. All your existing clients, all your past clients, ask them for referrals. And there's a way to ask for referrals. A lot of people don't ask for referrals in a good way. So that's going into markets of people that know you. Secondly, is obviously through podcasting. You know, I've gotten a lot of uh, business from my own show, people listening to it, as well as from being guests on shows like yours, right? So this is really good for that, for that point of view. But thirdly, my friend, books, books, books brand you really well. And books are great business cards. Books are great ways for people to get to know you. Books are great ways for people to decide they want to do business with you. So to me, that's important. Everybody should have a book. If you don't already have a book, you should write a book. That's my thought on it. And do you uh, self-publish or do you have a publisher for your books? I self-publish uh, at this stage in the game. Um, there has been my one political book we kind of published because I was a co-author with that with uh, with a gentleman who's a you know a really big name um, in the U.S. in that space. 
So we had a publisher for that one, but everything else has been self-published. And I mean, from I mean, just from talking to a lot of people and reviewing it myself, I think it's a way better way because most of the publishers expect you to do all the marketing, and then you're only getting between fifty cents and a dollar when you can make a lot more, depending on how you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Plus, you got the ability to publish it a lot faster. You know, unless you've got a a publisher that is willing to help you with the marketing, there's really no point. Exactly. So I know I'm an avid reader. I try to read a hundred books a year. The most I think I got to one fifty one. And I see that you is it four. The most I did was one hundred and fifty nine. If you go, I'm on Goodreads. Are you on Goodreads? No, no. Oh, bro, you got to go on Goodreads. Goodreads.com is the place to go if you like to read. There's an annual reading challenge. You get to track your books. You get to be friends with folks like me. It's a social media uh, channel for. Book lovers, man, you gotta be on Goodreads, bro. Okay, okay, no, brilliant. So, I mean, it, it, what, what book? If you had to name, if you, I like, for me, there's all different themes and everything, but like, what one stick out? Because people are always interested in kind of, you know, reading different books and a good recommendation, especially from an avid reader. Well, listen, I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Um, uh, in addition to my business, I run a men's organization and we have a course curriculum for something we run called the Sovereign Circle. And in there, we have a reading list and we have a book of the month that we require everybody to read. So I, I can tell you some of the books we've been reading this year that have been absolutely excellent. So one of them is John Lofty Wiseman's book, The SAS Survival Handbook. That's a fantastic book that I think everybody ought to read to help you learn about how you can survive in situations. Is you know, if you're a man, if you're a woman, but you know, especially if you're a man, you need to learn how to survive in hostile environments. What if you know you, the world came to an end? What if there was a plane crash you were involved in up in the mountains? Or you know, what if you were cut off somewhere cold or somewhere hot? You you need to learn how to be able to survive. I think that's a fantastic book. And uh, Lofty Wiseman is a brilliant guy who's an ex-SAS uh, fellow who uh, was all over the world, especially in. Uh, Southeast Asia and Africa and, and places like that. Really, really good book. Another great book is Jocko Willink's book, uh, Leif Babbitt's book, Extreme Ownership. And that book is all about how to take extreme ownership into your life. I think that's a spectacular book. Everybody ought to read it. Um, so those are two really good books that I've been reading this year. Uh, I finished Patrick's book and I'm still in the middle of Lofty's book. But those are really, really good books. I recommend everybody ought to read. But books from history. So um, one of my favorite fictional books is uh, The Eagle Has Landed by Jack Higgins. That's a fantastic book. You know, um, I don't know if you've read that book or you no, know I that book. No, no. All the ones you've mentioned. No, I haven't read any of the ones. That yeah. So Jack, uh, that was written in 1974. That book, it, it launched Jack Higgins' career as a thriller writer. It was the biggest selling book of that decade, I think. A phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, it became a movie starring Michael Caine. So, you know, really, really good book. Uh, a really great story. Great messages in that book, in my opinion. Um, uh, another uh, kind of philosophical book that was written in the form of, of fiction is Ayn Rand's The Fountainhead. Are you familiar with her and her works? Yeah. 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 So that's a really spectacular book. I think everybody ought to read. Um Ogmandino wrote The Greatest Salesman in the World, which is a, uh, a fable, parable story 
that brings across a very powerful business message as well. So I, I love Augmandino and all his books. He died in 1996. This book was written in 68, I believe. But it's uh, it's the best-selling sales book of all time. There have been 30 million copies of it sold. And it continues to sell, uh, sell and sell and sell. Uh, Steve Pressfield, his book, um, The War of Art. Have you read that book? Have you heard of that book? I don't know. No, I, I'm thinking a different one. No, I haven't that one either. No. Yeah, so that is a really, really spectacular book. Like, incredible. And I love Steve. He's, he's a great writer. I got to do a course with him back in 2019. The first and only time he's done a course just before, you know, all the craziness of the world hit. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think it's, it's a book well worth reading. Um, and uh, I think people should read fiction. Fiction is good for the soul. Fiction soothes the soul. There's a lot of folks who go, no, no, I never read any fiction. And I think they're missing out. They don't understand what a large part of their life they're, um, they're not affecting by reading good fiction. Good fiction evokes things in your spirit and your store, in your soul. There, there, there are stories that are told in a fictional format that just can't be told any other way. Certainly can't be told in a business book. And, you know, one of my mentors said to me, facts tell, but stories sell. So if you really want to be successful inside business, you got to be a great storyteller. Got to be a great storyteller as a speaker, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's it, your creativeness. I mean, we, we 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 take it from somewhere, whether we you know get it from source or what. But a lot of it is. I mean, I know that sometimes I'll read a book and somebody asks me about it, and I can't really say much. But then it'll flow through me at some other stage. And you know, which you mentioned the fiction. I mean, your your thought process based on something that you've read could give you one of the best business ideas that you you know. To, to get you to the six figures, seven figures, whatever someone is trying to achieve. Ingo, you're so brilliant, Ray. That's so well said, man. So what, what, what are you reading these days? I just finished uh, Vivid Vision from uh, Cameron Harold. So I saw him speak, never heard of him before. He was in the Mind Valley. And so he's kind of talking about the vision of a company. So he's, he's helped a few companies, but it's like getting everybody on board. So you have a detailed vision, but you're sharing it with, the whole lot which are suppliers with all employees because your suppliers then will start vamping up everything as well because they go oh you're planning on kind of going from say three million to ten million we haven't got enough production to allow for this so rather than lo losing a client they kind of get on board and they're kind of keeping track of it and yeah it's it's it's, it's just nicely written um i'm, I'm yeah, big into sovereignty as well so i'm like that's one uh especially for people in america fruit from a poisonous tree because a lot of the things that were done, talking about the Federal Reserve and just the corruption yeah. that's going on in, in the world. So I'm looking at like UCC, I do courses on that stuff as well. And I'm trying to, like, I'm finding the deeper I'm going, the less I'm understanding it. It is a, it is a minefield out there. But slowly but surely, I'm, I'm able to put things together and I'm kind of realizing by not signing your name and just kind of just being, there's a lot of trickery goes out there against us. And just by understanding how it's done when you're getting letters and all the all capital letters or the Mr. You know, Nikki and all this, that's not you. That's the corporate entity. And you have to try to bring it back that you're the living soul. And it's worth it's worth going down. There's a, there's a so yeah, many it's, books it's, out it's, there, it's, but it's, but it's sure. hard for people to actually explain it. In a, I'm not, I'm I'm actually planning because I've written a few. I haven't released any stuff, but I'm planning on writing something on this in a simple format because there's so many people are trying to do it, but they're all bamboozled 
and they're all constantly trying to get help and all the people that are doing it because i've had a few guests talk about it everyone is saying you need to do it yourself you need to take control you have to have your own sovereignty you have to be you know the driver of your own ship but still yes you still need to learn you know like you know the stuff that you've mentioned there it's, it's, it's great to hear that and understand that and go oh i get this so i think it's the same with this we have to you can't just expect somebody here read this and you'll understand it. we have to kind of break it down into more simple format and then once they do a few little points you know you tell them how to achieve say three different things then by doing that they actually get more confident and then they'll do more research and they'll you know they'll do a bit better from it it's funny you mentioned sovereignty um the name of my men's organization and my men's podcast is a sovereign man and we are really keen on having people demonstrate sovereignty in their lives i haven't brought those types of themes into it uh at so far at this point but i believe sovereignty for every human being is very important certainly if you're a man you need to be physically sovereign you need to like take care of yourself your body's got to be in good shape you know when you and i are done i'm going to go do uh, some exercise um secondly you've got to be financially sovereign you got to be able to pay your bills you can't be relying on anybody else that's for darn sure right and uh thirdly you got to be emotionally sovereign you can't need other people good time want to have other people around you but you can't need other people right uh, that's uh you got to be intellectually sovereign you got to be able to think for yourself so many people these days don't think for themselves what they're doing is they're downsourcing they're they're outsourcing excuse me they're thinking to the government or the news media which is absolutely terrible and you got to be spiritually sovereign you got a powerful relationship with your maker uh and the biggest trick the devil pulled was to convince the world that he didn't exist but the devil exists evil exists and you've got to have a strong strong tie to good and the good lord almighty that's very very important in my view no absolutely and when you become aware of all the evilness and corruption you'll spot it 10 times faster but also i don't let it kind of get me because sometimes people when they're looking at that they take it in instead of looking at what's beautiful in the world and the goodness and you Amen, can switch brother. it yeah and and then you amen, attract, you attract that into you then no amen and well said and all that everything you said right now is bang on and super super important super important so no, you know with, sorry with, go ahead like it, when you're help because I, I especially with the craziness that's going on the last couple of years and all the lies and everything a lot of people are kind of all over the place and you said it at the start and you're dead right to be laser focused on something know what you're doing for those that have a tendency to i suppose follow follow the pigeon or whatever you know they're ch chasing three rabbits they'll never catch any have you how could you kind of advise people the best way of stopping that because they'll never actually achieve anything you know that's such a great story uh, great question excuse me and the best way to answer this to a story of someone that I, I i worked with so there's a while back that um a young man uh was introduced to me who was a personal trainer and um this fellow uh had seven clients when he met me and he didn't charge very much and i think he was making under $1,500 a month. And um, he had to get help from his mom and dad to pay rent. I mean, that's how bad things were for him. You know what I'm saying? So um, I went to him and I said, Hey, man, so tell me about your business. How do you do what you do? What, what, who do you work with? He goes, Oh, I, anybody. I can, I can, I can help anybody. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, as long as, you know, they, they, they're willing to pay me. So basically, if they had a wallet and a pulse, 
you'd work with him. Problem was, he didn't stand out. You know, nobody knew a good reason to work with him, right? So he had seven clients. He didn't make a lot of money, and he, he was borrowing money from mom and dad. He wasn't financially sovereign, as it were, right? And so uh, long story short, um, he started work with us, and we said, look, man, you need to narrow your niche, man. You need to tell us. You know, who can you work with? Who can you specialize in working with? So he goes, okay, okay, I'll work with doctors. I think his father was a doctor. So he thought it was a good idea. And he thought doctors had money or something. And well, you know, other than that, there was no real compelling reason for him to work with doctors or for doctors to want to work with him. So he didn't really sign up too many doctors. I say, hey man, it's not really working, man. You need to find something better, something that it's a real niche. He goes, okay, okay, okay. I'll narrow more. I'll narrow more because you talk about narrowing all the time. Nikki, I work with cardiologists, cardiologists. And so um, that didn't work out too good for him either. You know, the cardiologists had no compelling reason to work with him. And then one day he started working out with this man who was a, um, a Paralympian, you know what I mean? He had a missing limb from when he was a kid, this man. Uh, and um, he had won medals uh, at the Paralympics. And so he came to me after working with this fellow and he said, man, I love working with this dude. I think I want to work with people with missing limbs. And Ray, because he narrowed it down to people with missing limbs and he got a really good message. I'll tell you what the message is in a minute. He signed up 400 clients in six weeks, right? wow. 400 clients in six weeks. He went from not even making $1,500 a month to making 200 grand a year, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that. Um, that's a 10, over 10x increase in his income. And his message was simple, dead simple. And he said, hey, if you have a missing limb and you want to get into shape, I can help you get into shape. Uh, I have experience. I know what I'm doing. And, you know, getting into shape is going to be really good for you, right? It's going to help you out in a lot of ways. But the underlying message was even more powerful. It was like, if you have missing limbs, you can still work out. You're still, you're just as good as anybody who's, you know, got all their limbs. You're, you're a person of worth. You're a person of value, man. That So what that you don't have a, a limb, you, you can work out, you can, you can, be strong. You can feel strong. You feel good about yourself. Now, imagine someone with a missing limb who I'm just imagining because I'm not in their shoes. And I don't know, but they probably have some sort of thought in their head like, you know what? This sucks. I wish I had all my limbs. Um, and life would be better if I had all my limbs. There must be, there's something now wrong in my life with me, etc. His message was, no, there ain't. You're fine. You're a champion. You're a badass. You're a warrior. And that message just took, man. And by the way, nobody else was going after people with missing limbs. So you know, he had a virgin market. And um, what I'm saying to you is, by example of the story, is if you're trying to be all things to all people, you're going to be nothing to nobody. But if you narrow a good niche and you come from your heart, you really care about those people in that niche, you're going to win. You're going to win big. Oh, beautiful. I love it. I love it. Listen, Nikki, I love what you're doing. And I, you might let people know how can they get in contact. And you might also mention the two shows as well. I'll, I'll include the links, but you might let people know because sure. uh, I love your energy. Oh, thanks, brother. Thanks. So um, 
before I do that, do you mind if I share one last story? Of course, yeah. Just, yeah, of course, yeah. Because yeah. I think I think this this is a powerful story, and I think that um, your listeners will love it. Um, so a few years ago, I started working with this woman who was the country um, uh, director and uh, owner of a large global. Um, personal development organization that has been around since the late 1960s. Okay. And um, this organization is called the Hoffman uh, Quadrinity Process. Started by a guy named Bob Hoffman. Um, and they work with helping deal with issues that you've had from the time you were born till 13. They help you unravel those knots. Really, really cool. I did the program. It was great. And so she got involved with... Uh, uh, a new fella to help her grow the business for whatever reason they didn't end up seeing eye to eye and um she left the organization she was floundering and lost for about 18 months and she found out about who we were because you know i'd done the course with her and i invited her to come check us out and blah 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 and so she said okay i i, I need some help i'll come to your program so we did really well with her. In the first month, she made $10,000 in income. In the second month, she made $12,000. In the third month, she made $18,000. And in the fourth month, brother, she made $62,200 in a month. And, you know, she came to me and, and she said, this is amazing. Thank you so much. And all oh, that's great. So um, she lived in a city called Ottawa, which is the capital city of Canada, about five hours drive from my hometown of Toronto. And my son was 12 at the time, he's 16 now, he had a soccer tournament in Ottawa. And so we were driving there and I called him from the car and I said, hey, I'm driving to Ottawa with my son, he has a soccer tournament, I know you have a son his age, would you like to meet us for lunch? And she said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So we did, we had lunch on the way out of the city, we spent an hour, hour and a half with her, it was a lot of fun, everybody had a good time came back home. A few weeks later, we had our um, quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshop event. And she was there um, along with a bunch of our existing kind of members in that program. And then we had a bunch of new people who were doing the program for the first time. And there was a point at which we, we did an enrollment opportunity for our full year program, right? So we bring people into this and then we enroll them into the full year program. And the way I do it is, I, I ask people that are in the program, hey, so, you know, would you like to share what you're getting out of being in the program, right? <laughs> and um, she just bounded up on stage and said, I would. I'm like, great. And because, uh, you know, I, I knew how well she'd done, so I thought it was great. But as soon as she got on stage, she started to cry. And like any red-blooded male, Faced with a crying female, I proceeded to panic, right? <laughs> and I just thought to myself in my head, what's she crying? What did I do wrong? Oh my God, this is a disaster, right? And she looked at me in between sobs. She said, you didn't know this, Nikki, but when you and your little son came to meet with me and my little son, my little son asked me, mommy, mommy, who are we going to go meet? And I said to him, oh, we're going to go meet Nikki Blue and his son. And she said, oh, he said to her, are we going to go meet the man who saved our family? I was speechless for a moment. And then she looked at me and she said, Nikki, you didn't know this, 
but we were about to lose everything. I hadn't paid our mortgage in quite a few months and my husband and I were fighting, um, you know, it looked like we were about to lose our family and working with you saved our family. And then I started to cry. We hugged and, and Ray, I, um, I realized something. I realized that the good Lord puts people in front of me and I may not know what's going on in their life, but they may be going through the biggest hell of their life. And they're in front of me because I'm supposed to help them. So every day I ask God to allow me to be worthy and humble enough to see that person and what they're dealing with and to also be able to give them some help. So if someone is in that kind of shape, maybe not quite that drastic, maybe that drastic or more drastic than what she's dealing with. Best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website, eastcircleacademy.com. There's a button in the top right hand corner that says book a success call. Let me know you came from the show, you know, fill out the forms associated with it, pick a time and let's talk. And, um, you know, my podcasts are the sovereign man and the thought leader revolution. And you can find them both on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you happen to go. And that my friend is that. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. And beautiful story. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much, Thank Nikki. You. So yeah, I'll make sure I put the links for both the both podcasts as well as uh, your, 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 your uh, website on the, both the audio and the video. Thank you, brother. So that's all for the Speaking Podcast. You'll find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com, as mentioned, or on YouTube. And be sure to give us a thumbs up, five star rating, and check out Nikki's podcast and give him a five star rating as well, because it really helps. Until next week, take care.